Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Glory to he who took his servant by night from the holy mosque to the furthest mosque around which we have blessed to show him of our signs. Truly he is the hearing, the seeing. As we move to the end of the blessed month of Rajab, and we embark upon the month of Sha'aban in which there is the horizon of the light of Ramadan, we find this culmination, this extraordinary time in which there are so many lessons. <coughs> he was shown, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so many signs, most of which are beyond the capacity of our minds to imagine, but there are signs for us as well. He was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in a difficult time. This is the year of sadness, Amal Husn. <coughs> His beloved protector, Abu Talib, has passed on. His beloved wife, Khadija, has passed on. The persecution of the arrogant Quraysh has never been more acute. The clouds seem to be gathering. It is the year of sadness. But then this extraordinary moment comes which is in a sense the culmination of his story and therefore the culmination of the whole human story, which begins when he is sleeping in the Hatim, which is the semicircular area next to the Kaaba. And then the journey begins, the most extraordinary journey, which he himself describes in a famous hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari. He says, after other signs, we have to keep the story short. Then I was brought an animal, a creature. Smaller than a mule, larger than a donkey. Shining white. It will place its hooves at the furthest part of the horizon. This is extraordinary. Burak hasn't figured before in human history. Hmm? Uniquely honored by being the one who will accompany the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, on this mysterious journey. And the Burak is quite small, smaller than a mule, larger than a donkey. And the human mind asks, why not some great prancing stallion? Why something small? Well, the ulama have many explanations for this. But one that is close to our mind is that he was sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, the object of glory and amazement on that journey. The Barak riding beast quite small uh, not like ourselves. What do we like to ride? Luxury cars. We stroke them, we polish them, and we kiss them, we caress them and we glide proudly past the poor with our noses in the air. Unfortunately, we have this culture. Uh, not the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He rose up because there was no dunya to bring him down. He didn't care. He was not interested in the things that are subject to the dunya's gravity. His heart was with his creator. Despite all of the difficulties, his heart was with his creator. In that difficult time, his creator was enough for him. 
Allah tells him, we are enough for you against those who are mocking you. Islamophobia is not something new. They had offered him so many bribes in order just to stop talking about Tawheed and turning people away from their ancestral idols. He could have anything he wanted. So much poetry as you can imagine about the chosen one sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in this poem, the poet says, the whole mountains offered to turn to gold for him, but he just turned his back on them. And his need only emphasized his renunciation, his zuhud, because neediness does not take a good man into sin. Despite the immensity of his need and the weakness of his situation, he refused all of that. Of dunya, he was really free. We need to remember that because gravity gets us all, but dunya will not last. Let us imagine that we are on some great ship, perhaps the Titanic, and it's sinking. We know that it's sinking. In a few minutes we'll be in the water, in the cold sea, to face who knows what judgment and what fate. What do we do? Uh, anything heavy, we throw it away. Coins in our pockets, never mind, they mean nothing now. Suitcases, you're not going to jump into the heaving ocean with your baggage, your laptop, throw it away, it becomes nothing at that terrifying time. So also it is that we do not want to be dragged down in this dunya to a watery grave. We want to make light. This doesn't mean that you can't have things. It means that they should not be heavy for you and your heart should not be attached to them and you should use them for everything that is good. By all means, shelter, transport, Look after your children, of course, but let them not be heavy so they drag you down and prevent you from spiritual ascent. And then the hadith goes on. Jibreel takes me on. And we know the story. And again, there's a sign here. Many people ask. We know that the Kaaba and Musharrafa is said to be directly beneath Al Bayt al Ma'mur beneath the throne in some way that's unimaginable. Why Jerusalem? Why the detour? Why not straight up to the presence of the One? In this there is a lesson. And the lesson is to do with his khatmiyyah, the fact that he is khatim and nabiyin, seal of the prophets. He goes to Jerusalem, and what does he do there in that extraordinary place? We know what he does there. He leads the other prophets in prayer. He greets them. He acknowledges them all as perfect messengers of the one God. And they acknowledge him as the seal of the messengers of the one God. And this is part of the beauty of Islam. The seal, khatam, what is it? You only seal something if it's precious and you want to keep it and preserve it and affirm it. You don't seal a letter if you just want to throw it away or there's something wrong in it. You don't seal a bottle of something precious. No, 
He's the seal of the messengers, means the affirmer of the stories that came before him. Musaddiqan lima Confirming the truth of that which was before him. The beauty of Islam. That says, We do not distinguish between or discriminate amongst any of his messengers. So many, the ulama say, 124,000 maybe prophets of God. For every nation that has been a people, this is part of his generosity, with the same message, the same tawheed, sometimes with a different sunnah, depending on time and place, to make things easy for people so that they can understand. Different languages, different colors, different worlds, but with one message and one heart. And so he leads them in prayer, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to affirm that this is not kicking away what was there before. This is the crown which rests upon its head. There are some who look at the great founders of the Abrahamic traditions, Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, Sayyidina Muhammad alayhi salam. Some say, yes, no, no. Others say, yes, yes, no. But this Ummah is the one that says, yes, yes, yes. It is the crown of messengership in this way that is not competitive but is affirming. What is the significance of the golden dome on this mosque which the architect wanted to remind people of the golden dome which is the Qubbat al-Sakhra which is his Masra, the place of his ascension sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it's saying yes. It's not saying no to Sayyidina Isa so dear to so many hearts. It's not saying no to Sayyidina Musa, so precious in so many hearts. It's saying yes, yes, yes. It is about inclusion. <clears throat> and we find this, the Mi'raj, maybe there's no event in human history about which there has been so much poetry. In every language, Arabic and Turkish and Urdu and Farsi and Uzbek and Malay and everything, they all have it and they love it and the poets can't stop Praising him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this great culmination of his mission. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So what does he do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Sarayta min haramin laylan ila harami, kama sara al-badru fi dajin min al-zulami, wa bittatarqa ila anilta manzilatan min qabi qawsayni lam tudrak wa lam turami. وَقَدَّمَتْكَ جَمِيعُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ بِهَا وَالرُّسْلُ تَقْدِيمَ مَخْدُومٍ عَلَى خَدَمِي وَأَنْتَ تَخْتَرِقُ السَّبْعَ الطِّبَاقَ بِهِمْ فِي مَوْكِبٍ كُنْتَ فِيهِ صَاحِبَ الْعَلَمِي This is what he says. It's not so good in English. In Arabic, it's ecstatic. You can feel the poet's love and his joy. By night you traveled from sanctuary to sanctuary as the full moon travels through the darkest night. And then you continue to ascend until you reach the degree of Qaba Qawsain, two bows lengths, never reached before, nor even imagined by any human being. And all of the prophets placed you before them in prayer, just as servants placed before them the one whom they serve. And you went up, and went through the seven heavens with them in a cavalcade in which you were carrying the flag. So much beauty, so much love in these lines. 
حتى إذا لم تدأ شأوى لمستبق من الدنو ولا مرقا لمستنم خفضت كل مقام بالإضافة إذ نوديت بالرفع مثل المفرد العلمي goes on the poet can hardly stop himself he's so full of love subhanallah the place that is only for him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam no room there for any other and it is from there that he ascends from that place which says yes 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 to his khatmiya the crown of religious history another poem you find them everywhere on the steed of love God's prophet rose through the blazing heavens. The messengers of old rose to salute him. Noble-browed, he blessed them all. Gabriel himself, holding the reins, flew with Muhammad like two stars, all other stars outshining through the dark of trackless void. Then that emissary sublime said to Muhammad, go alone, your eye alone may witness where my eye must flinch and fail. Since his eye unfaltering gazed, he was called the witness, Shaheed, Calirium from Have We Not Dilated, Alam Nashrah, made his vision clear and true. Which of the great souls of Islam has not written about that indescribable thing? He saw of his Lord's signs the greatest. The heart did not deny or falsify that which it saw. And we read this in Surah Al-Najm and we really want to know. What did it see? What could that be like? We know that Sayyidina Musa السلام, had asked to see his Lord. And his Lord manifested his glory to the mount. And the mountain broke into dust. And Moses fell down in a faint. But the Chosen One, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he sees. His eye did not swerve, nor did it go astray. But here language breaks down. Who can imagine such a thing? We know that we cannot gaze upon the burning sun for more than half a second. How would it be if we were to look upon the creator of that sun with the jalal, with the majesty? Subhanallah. Not for us. Even Musa alayhi salam faints. But the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who has been chosen among all creatures of history, he is there. He is the shaheed. He is the witness. And then they get back to the so beautiful Bukhari hadith. So many things happen on that journey. And then I was brought a container of wine and a container of milk. And I took the milk. He's offered this plate, this dish, this cup of wine and this cup of milk. And he says, I took the milk. And it was said to him, you've been guided to the fitra, to nature, to what is natural, to what is nourishing, to what is directly part of Allah's creation. The miracle of the sweet milk that comes from the animal's belly, subhanAllah, 
that the baby, the only thing the baby can consume, the purest, most natural thing for us, not something that has been distilled and brewed and made to bubble and rot and corrupt, that does the same to the brain and lowers us and takes us away from the Ahsani Taqweem, the best of forms, the Adamic form to which the angels themselves bowed. The angels will not bow down to somebody who is drunk, an alcoholic, somebody who is in that underestimating state that is not what human beings are for. So he chooses, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the fitrah. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. It's a busy night. ثُمَّ فُرِدَتْ عَلَيَّ الصَّلَوَاتُ خَمْسِينَ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمِ And then the salat, the namaz, the prayer, was made obligatory upon me 50 times a day. And we know the story, subhanAllah, which is all about Allah's mercy to this ummah and his answering the petitions of his chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whose dua is mustajab, is answered. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam says, your people will not do 50 prayers a day. I had so many problems trying to get my people to pray. And he goes back and he goes back. And finally the number is reduced to five. I felt shy to go back to my Lord to ask for a further reduction. I am pleased with this, I accept it, I am at ease with it, at peace with it. So this is the Lord's gift to us, given to us by the hand of the best of humanity. A host, when he receives a guest, does not send him away without a gift. And the gift of the Mi'raj is this precious thing for which this house exists. It is proclaimed by the dome. The dome recalls that time. And here we are. It is said in some of the, the narrations that when the Holy Prophet وسلم, was nearing the presence of his glorious Lord, he saw the angels. Some of them were standing throughout all of time, just standing, amazed by the beauty of Allah, just standing. Others were bowing down, recognizing the majestic rights of Rabbil Alameen. Others were prostrate, recognizing their own nothingness in the face of the divine totality. And it is said that when we read our namaz and we say our prayers, we are in a way reenacting the positions of those angels. And this is how we should be. The gift of the prayer is that we can make it our mi'raj. Because in the prayer, well, even if your phone is going off, whatever it is, ah, the takbir at the beginning reminds you, Allahu Akbar is greater than all of that. This is a sanctuary. This is a place where all of that will no longer take you down. And it is Allah's gift. And even in the prayer, we say things that are the gift of the mi'raj, that recall it. As-salamu alayka ayyuhal nabiyu wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. The angels are blessing him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, during his mysterious and extraordinary ascent. And we repeat those words. We are grateful to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sometimes people asked, if he's the best of creation and his place is with his Lord and he longs to gaze upon the face of his Lord, 
why did he return? Why return to Mecca and wake up the next morning when really only Abu Bakr as-Siddiq unconditionally believes immediately and then it's the city of persecution, it's the city of idol worship, it's the city of Abu Sufyan, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, Hind, all of that. Why return? And some of the scholars have said it is because of his compassion. The fullness of his quality as rahmatul lil alameen, mercy to the world, meant that he would not stay in that purest and most beautiful place because of his status as bil mu'mineen, raufur rahim, merciful and compassionate to the believers. He could not leave the believers there untended, a flock without a shepherd. He could not leave the narrative of kufr and shirk and magic uncontested. He would continue to warn, even if it cost him his life. So this is a measure of his love for us, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and for his ummah, that he returns from that unimaginably pure and perfect place. He comes back to us to show us the way, to give us this miracle of prayer, which we should honor, remembering his prayer, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and what it must have been like to pray behind him. Feeling the purifying waves of Allah's word, washing clear our hearts as we listen to the Imam and to the Qari'. Ah, this beautiful thing. The prayer which is like the golden ring and the Qur'an which is like the diamond on the ring. Ah, let us have this khushu. Remembering those angels, remembering the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us try and make the prayer the pivot of our lives. Not something we fit in between other commitments, but we fit in other commitments around the prayer because it is an obligation. Obligated upon this ummah on that extraordinary night, in that remarkable presence, directly above those great sanctuaries, let us honour it. It is not a routine thing. Let us make every prayer something that brings a new springtime to our hearts. So alhamdulillah, here we are in the month of Rajab. The world is in tumult. Eastern Europe is in tumult. Many people are sick. Dunya is a broken place and we may console ourselves with little things that take our mind off the brokenness. But the prayer, dhikrullah, all of that is better. When we say Allahu Akbar at the beginning of the prayer, we are pushing behind us all of those other things, which are the heavy things that pull us down, down, sometimes very far down, and we're saying yes to the divine word. So alhamdulillah, in this congregation, the bees are coming to the flower. We had in the month of January, 10 shahadas, two new souls opened to Allah and his messenger. And inshallah, with the incredible effort made by the volunteers in this mosque, maybe we'll reach 100 by the end of this year. Because of the good adab of the people who are here, because of their respect and patience with newcomers, because of our embracing of one another, irrespective of our madhab or our sect or our national origin, that we all are all ibadallah, ikhwana, we are all Allah's slaves, as brothers 
uh, united by this beautiful practice of salat, united in our qibla, united in our love for the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَلِسَائِرِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ